Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hey friends, and welcome back to Hot Off The Press. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I'm here with the amazing Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we're going to talk to you today about the common mistakes made with letterpress. Yeah, we, um, yeah, we're doing kind of a little different style of episode today, so we're kind of excited about that. Yes, we are hoping to bring you a little bit more of an experience-based. Um, Mariah and I have quite a bit of experience with making some common letterpress mistakes, and we're going to share a not exhaustive list of them with you. Yeah, I think all of these are things that Jillian and I have done at some point, um, or at least heard of somebody close to us that has done. So um, yeah, these are we're speaking from experience here, but um, yeah, it'll be hopefully a little bit entertaining for anyone who's also shared in these mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we'll definitely um, give you guys some solutions that we've found whenever we have like a personal experience tied to it. So why don't we dive uh, right in with, you know, kind of the beginning of the process when you're even just prepping your files and making your plates, there's a couple key mistakes that can be made that will definitely delay your project because photopolymer, even with the best supplier and the best shipping is still going to take you, you know, at least two days to get in your hands. Yeah. So if you have to reorder a plate, not only can it be expensive, uh, depending on what you're ordering, but also just takes time. So if you're on a deadline, you know, that could be a problem. So, um, and a lot of times with plate issues, I feel like you don't notice until you actually start printing. Um, and sometimes even later. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So I'll start with this, uh, first one here. And that is that you may not have every element in your file in full black. So full black means that your file is in CMYK mode and that everything, your text, your fills, your strokes, everything is in 100% K. So that is full black. Um, I was actually printing for another designer and they sent me their files and I checked, I feel like I checked all of it, but there was one border, one border that for some reason in its clipping group, even though it itself was black, like the clipping group kind of overrode what color it was. And so that border did not print and make it on the photopolymer plate. Devastating. It is just devastating to get a plate and be like, where is this entire border? Oh, man. And 
yeah, I've like I feel like I got I got pretty good about like checking everything and like even if you like select all and just change everything to 100% black, 0% cyan, magenta, yellow, like even if you select all and do that, sometimes you'll still end up being like why is there something still not showing up 100% black? And I have gone in and realized that like one tiny piece of one tiny object was in RGB mode, um which is for screens. So it's like you know, there's these little tiny things, even if you select all, it's not a foolproof method. So sometimes you have to go through every single part of whatever you're ordering plates for and make sure that it's in not only in CMYK mode, but also in 100% black. So um, yeah, definitely have done that before. Fortunately, some of the people like the people you order plates through will actually show you or tell you or catch that for you. Um, So if you're a designer and you want to order your first letterpress suite or if you have questions about what your file needs to be like for um, ordering letterpress plates, the the easiest resource is Boxcar Press. You have to make sure like your text, your fonts are outlined. They're no longer fonts because if you send that file in and that computer that they're receiving it on doesn't have that font, it messes up your whole design. So outlining your fonts is super important. Um, But also things like line weights. If your uh, text is really thin and really fine and that'll look beautiful in letterpress, but there is a minimum requirement for letterpress plates. Um, Just because of the way photopolymer plates are made, some of those things can wash off, literally wash off the plate if they don't get made properly. So um, yeah, there are so many little things to double check, um, but Boxcar is a, a hugely helpful resource for anyone designing for letterpress. Oh, yes. They're so, so helpful. Um, okay. So Mariah just touched upon the next two common mistakes within this category, which are forgetting to outline your text. Don't do that. And having um, elements that are a little too thin or that may wash off. Okay, so the very last one that is in this particular category is double-checking the size of your artboard. Super important. It's, you know, a mistake that we might make if we're just, like, moving too fast, um, you know, just trying to get things through the print shop. Uh, Double-check your artboard. Make sure that it's the right size for your final printed product. Yeah, make sure it's to scale and um, like a lot of times. So usually what I mean, maybe you do the same thing, but usually what I do is I'll design something in in an Adobe file and then I'll just copy the artwork over to my letterpress plate file. And I, you know, group several projects in one plate file to send off to the plate makers. So it's like when you copy and paste things over or you place things in a new file, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes they get adjusted and you need to make sure using the rulers, whatever you got to do, just make sure it's the right size. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. Just make sure it transfers over correctly to your new file or whatever you're doing, because it can be a real problem. Yeah. I think there are some common mistakes that people make when they're just starting But then I think you enter into a whole other level of common mistakes that you make when you are experienced and you're just kind of like going with the flow and you just don't like, (laughs) I have definitely opened. You move too quickly. Yeah. I've definitely opened someone's PDF and been like, yep, this proportionately looks right. And then like ordered it and just had that heart sinking feeling as the plate like was being delivered to my doorstep of like, Oh my gosh, I never checked to make sure their artboard was the right size. And like, luckily it was, but like just that oversight of not checking could have cost me two days and at least $45 in overnight shipping. 
Um, I have two mistakes that I've made that fall into this category. So the first one, um, I definitely got artwork from another designer and I was printing for her. Um, I didn't even check to see what her bleeds were set up for. So like when the artwork runs off the page, it's called a full bleed or a bleed. And she had a quarter inch bleed. And so I just assumed it was a five by seven, a seven standard size, but it wasn't, it was intended to be like this custom size, like four and a half by six and a half. And so I sent her completed five by seven size because I never even thought about it. And because it was a full bleed, like, and the way it all worked out, like that, that worked in my head, like that made sense. Um, and the printer didn't like, I didn't question it. The digital printer didn't question it. And I sent her these files and like, oh, <laughs> it was supposed to be a custom size. Like, and that was like totally my fault, just like complete oversight. But, you know, especially when things are not standard sizes, when they're not standard, like normal cuts, it's definitely something to triple, quadruple to check again and again throughout the process because whoopsies. <laughs> um, and on the subject of plate making and making sure your files are all set up right, like obviously you do as much as you can on the back end before you order them to make sure everything is going to print right and that they're going to make everything right. Um, but when you get those plates, it's really important that if your plate maker doesn't provide you with a proof, you take your own proof and make sure that all of the pieces are there and that everything is the right size and nothing has been washed off because um, Mariah, brilliant, has printed, I think it was like, what was it, like 800 or 600 pieces of something. It was a lot. And I didn't realize that the period and the comma on the bottom had washed off. <laughs> so then like, okay, so it's a tiny little plate, right? And like, usually there's a minimum. And so one, there was no way I had, I like, I had just ordered plates. There was no like other things I could combine to meet my minimum plate order. Two, to reorder and to pay for the minimum and shipping and all of that for this period and comma is like the most terrifying and kind of annoying uh, <laughs> thing in the whole world. And then three, to have already printed, you know, so many copies and to have to run them through the press again to put this period and comma in there was just like, it was, it was annoying. It was really difficult. But um, I know other printers have done that. And even the greatest have made the same mistake. So I don't feel so bad. But you know, it's fixable, but it was just like a huge pain. Yeah. <laughs> huge pain. And Jillian actually helped me out by ordering the little plate for me, but regardless. Yes. But here, I'm going to add one more that is not on our list is making sure you're ordering the right plate type. So there are, <laughs> there are different types yeah. of photopolymer plates. Um, obviously, if you're using lead type, or anything like that, this is kind of, you know, not included. But Relevant. Yeah. if you are using a photopolymer plate, there are a few different kinds, and they all relate to their depth. Um, and they have to directly relate to the type of base you're using. So if you're using like a boxcar deep relief base, you use uh mariah's plates which is what kf oh yeah 152 152 that's what i use that's that's it so there's a few uh types of plates and i think there's even more than the two that we're going to mention but these are kind of the two popular um if you have a boxcar deep relief base you'll want a kf 152 and if you have a boxcar standard base you'd want a kf 95 now i have a standard base 
Mariah has a deep relief base. We did not discuss that portion prior <laughs> to the, oh, girl, I got you. I'll send you this period and comma. Literally just like, <laughs> oh, we found a solution. It's fine. Great. And uh, yeah. And moved right along. Um, and we, then also, I got real creative to get that whole problem solved. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did because I know from experience – like when you go from printing an area of text, like a larger area of text, and then you're going to add in a small element and you want to yeah. make it look like it wasn't added after, the registration has to be great. Your packing yeah. has to be perfect because your press will want to, it just will indent those tiny pieces so much more. Yeah. I had to remove almost my entire packing situation because there were, it's a period and a comma. Like it's the tiniest of the tiny things, which is why I wash off. Yeah. Um, I had to remove, I think, almost my entire packing. Like it was basically like one piece of chipboard behind my, uh, you know, my little piece of acetate. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a learning experience and I feel like a better printer because of it. <laughs> you sure are. And I also like, yeah, I just check everything so many more times and at so many different points in the process now, um, having done that myself. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention, so like, obviously we're talking about photopolymer plates because that's what applies to us. But for those of you who don't know, if you're working with lead type, some of the sayings that you may be familiar with are actually related to letterpress. And one that comes to mind in this situation is mind your P's and Q's. Um, mm -hmm. When you're setting type, you set it backwards. And so this kind of falls in the same realm, but your P's and your Q's in almost every font will show up looking identical because you're looking at the Q backwards or the P backwards. So um, that phrase actually originates with letterpress and is completely relevant to this whole conversation because it's just like the same concept, right? Just double checking your work, pulling a proof and making sure everything is correct and uh, all of that before you get printing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. Yeah. Double check that work. So let's move on to the second phase of sort of prepping your work, which is paper size, shape, and registration. Lots of mistakes could be made here. Yeah. This is definitely where you want to uh, measure three times, cut once sort of situation. Yeah, we, I mean, letterpress printers, especially are working with usually some of the more expensive paper stocks. Um, cotton paper is pretty expensive compared to your standard cardstock. Uh, we usually work in thicker weights, like 220 pound or 236 pound cotton paper. Um, so if you ever have miscut something like that, you can feel our pain. <laughs> we, we share we share that pain and that misery with you. Um, it is absolutely tragic, especially because right now in this past year, there have been so many paper shortages. Like, I mean, I've gone through all of my supply of cotton that I had like on hand and have like just had to order different things or different weights. And like to cut any of that mistakenly is literally gut wrenching. Yeah. In the depths of my soul, like I actually feel it hurt when I think I, about. I kind of like, yeah, yeah, shiver a little bit just like thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's not even just you know trimming down to your final size because depending on what sort of press you're using, um, what your artwork looks like, you may actually need to cut down to like an initial cut size. I believe is, is how we'll reference that, right? Mm -hmm. Like the first is kind of like a cut size. 
Yeah. Um, and you may need that for your bleeds or just, you know, your grabbers, however your machine is working. And then it'll get trimmed down to its final size. So it's very important for you to be cognizant of that. That is a very common mistake of like maybe cutting down to final size already when you actually needed like a little bit of space or yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you have a pattern that full bleeds to the edge, that doesn't really allow like gauge pins in yeah. appropriate places. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, like when you're printing with letterpress, like, okay, so your home printer, your digital printer can't print all the way to the edge of the paper, right? Like it's very few printers that can do that. And letterpress is kind of the same way. There's like a little corner or edge of the paper needs to be held by what we call gauge pins or, you know, however you're doing that. But that paper has to be held onto in some way, you know, whether it's rollers in your digital printer or, uh, you know, gauge pins on your letterpress printer. It's like there is, you need a little bit of something to hold onto. Otherwise you can't print on it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't just like throw it at the press and hope it works. Um, So it's uh, that little bit of room can make a lot of difference. So you just have to know your design and what you need for that and make sure that you're planning ahead so that if you have something that's full bleed, especially that's going off the edge of the paper, you need to be thinking about that before you make any cuts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Just to be safe. Yeah. And it's really good to make sure that you know how you're going to like register your paper too, especially if you have like a weird shape. Like I just had um, a designer ask me about printing a circle which you could totally do. You likely want to print that before you die cut it. I mean, you definitely want to print it before you die cut it because it doesn't have any edge that you can 100% align and make sure. I guess if it was a single-sided design, single one print, like maybe you can get away with it for sure. I was going to say, if you're doing two colors or two sides, not a freaking chance. But if you're doing one single like print on it, like you could probably get away with that. I mean, I've done coasters and, you know, you just have to get creative. But um, yeah, if you were trying to line up any kind of artwork or register anything super specifically on something that was oddly shaped, you'd have to be very careful about how you did that. And you probably just want to cut it afterwards, um, if at all possible. But Yeah. And I would say the most common mistake here is actually not thinking about it ahead enough to charge for it. Like that to me, once you get the paper and the design and you're on the press, you're going to troubleshoot, you're going to figure it out. Um, That's kind of more obvious. But if someone comes to you with like some quirky design, like I cut out those uh, like ornament shape gift tags. Mm -hmm. Now, if that was a client who came to me and was like, oh, I want to get these gift tags letterpress and they're this custom shape and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't think about ahead of time of like how much extra care that setup and registration was going to be. I would have forgot to include that in the price. And you will spend like a good half hour to 45 minutes setting this up, making sure it's right. And you should be paid for that time. Yeah. And it can also like double your, your time on press. Like handmade paper is, uh, I think a good example of this, like because handmade paper, every sheet is truly unique. Like it takes a lot more careful, uh, placement of the paper and making sure that it's, you know, even despite the little rough edges, it's staying like where you need it to stay. Because sometimes like handmade paper, one corner will have like, you know, a quarter inch of like little like ruffles and sometimes it'll have barely any, you know, so it's, I think a good, a good, you know, example of like, 
while you're on the press, sometimes these more difficult shapes like handmade paper or something that's already been die cut, those actually double your time on press because you have to stop. You have to make sure you have to move slower. Like you, I have to physically slow down the motor on my press for things like that because I need more time to make sure. Um, so I don't waste paper, uh, you know, so it's accounting for your time on, on the press itself and in registering the press for those things. Cause it is trickier. Yeah. I like major props to you and everyone who uses a motorized machine, because if I am doing anything even slightly difficult or finicky, I'm literally pedaling my press so slow that sometimes it doesn't even like want to reopen. Cause it's like, Oh, you didn't give me enough, Not enough momentum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really think it's incredible. Like there are printers who like, I see them like on Instagram or whatever, and their motor is going like full speed and they print so quickly. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, I obviously have bumped up my speed on my, like my press since I got it, but like, I'm not like in a rush, you know, like I don't, I'm not trying, I don't know. Maybe it's just a different style of, of, of mindset, but like, it's just really incredible. Like even I am in awe of some of those printers. You're, they're just like, shoo, 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 like switching out paper so fast. And then I'm like, huh, I'm so nervous for your hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you also like, I think that's part of like, for me personally, when I'm on press, like I love a good glass of wine, but like, I don't drink before I print. I try not to do anything while I'm printing. Like I try not to like, you know, poke around on my phone and like, as much as I want to like record and videotape everything I'm doing because I, I love it so much, I'm always like, okay, put your phone down. Or like I turn on music loud but not wear headphones. Like I try and be very like aware because it is a safety risk. And when your press is moving on its own pace um, and you're not paying attention, that's how you, you know, how accidents happen. So um, for me personally, it's like you got to be ready with that throw off handle when that paper doesn't make it where it needs to make it or you just let the paper go because <laughs> it just is not worth uh, not worth the risk. But yeah, it's um, it can be really tricky and handmade paper. I also order more for errors than I would for standard you know, paper because oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm likely going to, you know, miss a couple or it's going to be slightly off because that's just the nature of handmade paper. Every edge is different. And for letterpress specifically, you need a consistent edge to make sure your prints are consistent. That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's actually like the perfect segue into the last item on this list. However, before we go too far down that road, I think you also just touched upon one that we don't have on our list that we absolutely should have because it is a critical error and I have made it myself. Um, and that's just not having enough paper on hand, especially if you're working with something that you don't stock frequently, like a certain color of handmade paper or like some, anything that's just like special ordered. You need to have enough for your mistakes. And if you're just starting out, you're going to need more than like five or 10, right? Because there's so much to learn. But especially with handmade paper, I mean, you when you register anything on letterpress, you're using the edges to register that whole artwork, that design. And with handmade paper and their irregular edges, like getting that to be in the same spot twice for your second print, oh my gosh, so hard. So first off, you kind of want to think of that ahead of time as far as design, like, is it worth it to put, you know, two colors on? And if it is and you need it and you want it, 
then you need to order like extras for your first pass, extras for your second pass, extras for, you know, who knows what. Just stack it all on. You will be better off in the long run paying more up front than you would yeah. be, you know, yeah, otherwise. You'll never regret having extra paper on hand. <laughs> Ever. You'll never be like, oh, no, I shouldn't have ordered so much paper. You'll be like, ooh, now I get to choose the best of the best of the best. You know, like that's how it goes. Like you're never going to regret having extra paper and you are absolutely one day going to print something and it's going to take you, especially when it's multiple colors or a particular specialty stock, like, or one of those custom die cut, you know, situations, you're going to one day <laughs> not have enough. And then you're going to have to ink up the press again and get everything registered and make sure it all matches and, you know, all of that. So it's just, you're better off just ordering more than you could ever think you'll possibly need. Like, and for every, I think like what you're saying is perfect. Like for every pass, you're going to go through the press. And if it's a more difficult or handmade paper, specialty stock, special cut, uh, or weird shape, order more for every one of those things. So like order 10 more if it's going through twice, order another 10 if it's going through three times, order another 10 if it's handmade paper, order another 10 if it's a special die cut. Like if it has a full bleed, like order more, order more, whatever it is that you're about to order, just go order, add some extras to that quantity right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's go back uh, to the last point that you made about the edges being everything. The common mistake that's associated with this is you know, like rotating your paper and using a different edge, leading edge is what it's called, using a different leading edge in your registration. And that can really mess you up because even if you are, or if you assume yourself to be the best (laughs) paper cutter or you have the best paper cutter, your cuts can be off by like a half a micron and that will screw you up. So you want to make sure that you're always using the same two edges set into your gauge pins. That way your registration should always line up as you switch through plates and all of that stuff. Um, So it's really important to do that. Now, if you're not cutting down to size, you could just like mark the edge of your paper, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's not a big deal. You just like draw a line down it. Just like a line right down the side of it is literally all it is. It's just like a dash. And then you know when you pick up an individual sheet, which side was the side you fed, you know? Yeah, because you're going to trim that off anyway. So if you are using paper that's already cut down to size, you can come up with different hacks for yourself. Um, Like I like to use a post-it note that has two arrows on it. And yes, that means I have to be very, very meticulous in like not moving that around or mixing it up, but it does really help and, you know, it saves your paper. Yeah, it's um, staying organized while on press is kind of tricky sometimes, but this is just one way to kind of make sure that like when you're done printing, you know what happened while you were printing. (laughs) Like while you were in that like zone of like just printing everything, like you kind of forget like things or you put something down backwards and like, you know, it just, it just happens, you know, you're busy focusing on one thing. So when you get done, it's like, wait, what, (laughs) which side did I feed it? You know, like how did I register this? Um, It's also really helpful when you're doing multiple, like, like a couple different colors or you're printing different elements on one piece of paper. Like it is helpful when you're trying to register things to know which edge you registered from the first time. Um, So yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes you're just going to have that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Tiny micron of a difference. Well, 
And even if you have like a nice paper cutter, like depending on the types of like if you're not cutting by hand, even if you're using like a machine to cut your paper, sometimes those paper cutters like guillotines, the blade comes down at an angle like, you know, that angle like it hits one side of the paper before it hits the other. Like sometimes that alone is enough to just give it a slight <laughs> a slight yeah. trapezoidal parallelogram, <laughs> you know, shape. Um, you know, it just is what it is. It can be really small, but that can affect your text. Um, I find that what I do a lot is as I'm printing, I will pull one to look at like to inspect and yes. then I'll put it down the wrong way and then I'll start putting the next ones that way because it matches what's below it, you know? Like yes. <laughs> that's how I often mess, mess up my stacks is like I partway through switch something and then all of a sudden like I have to resort the stack and like you know, 20 of them are this way and 30 of them are that way. And then 20 of them are this way and 30 of them are that way. And it's like, by the end, I'm like, what? (laughs) We're going to get to this mistake later of like, the mistake is zoning out, but I want to call attention to it here. Because have you ever just been jamming and printing? And then all of a sudden, like you notice that what you're printing is upside down to the first print or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's turned 180 degrees, like your yeah. second color. <laughs> yeah. I have and like, that where my first, in my first press, I just stopped putting it down the same orientation. Then yeah. I went to go print my second one. And it's just devastating when you don't know how many you've messed up and you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I think like, you register the first plate, you print all the first things. And then when you go to the second one, you like move your stack of paper back over to the right. And then you set up your new plate and then you start printing. And then like in my case, when I've got half of my prints one direction, and half of my prints another direction, like when I'm printing that second color, I have to like stop the press and put the throw off lever on and be like, okay, get organized here, Mariah, because you <laughs> are a mess. Like fix so they're all the same way and get it figured out. And it happens a lot when you like, so for example, if like your print areas is larger on one plate and smaller on another, you might print a different direction on your press. Like yeah. you might do it perpendicular to the ground versus parallel to the ground. So like you may do two different plates, two different kind of directions, if you will. And that can be really, you can get into the zone too much sometimes and just like autopilot through and make some mistakes that way. Yeah. Getting into the zone is super dangerous. Like always pull yourself out of the zone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not Check always. I, w- I would say pull yourself out of the zone, like at a frequent interval, because it, you, it could not even be you. It could be the press. Like it could be the plate. Like the plate could be picking up ink somewhere that you yeah. don't want it to be. Um, just like check, you know, check and make sure your area is clean. Like that's probably one of my biggest mistakes when it comes to like setting up my job is, um, my press requires like such large variation of packing. It's just, it's a very old machine. It's got uneven everything. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so I often have like tons of scraps of paper, like little tiny pieces that I've just been like ripping off to make like the perfect leveled surface. I've got tape all over the place. I've found that, you know, somehow like if ink gets on your glove and then you go over to your machine and you've touched something, now you've got ink somewhere. You just, you got to keep, you got to keep it clean. You got to keep everything like out of your work surface because mistakes will be made 
tape is going to end up sticking to your prints. Ink <laughs> will get on your prints. Um, if you just pulled a plate off the press and you didn't put its like blue adhesive covering back on, yeah, that deep. plate is going to end up on the back of something and it is going to be destroyed. <laughs> So I have searched for plates and found them stuck to my person before. Um, I have uh, found blue painter's tape on literally every shoe that I've ever worn into my garage ever. Um, I found it on my dog even. (laughs) Um, I have definitely – I also am very, very good about – okay, if you don't know, letterpress ink is incredibly like – hard to clean up it like it if you have ink on your hands somewhere it will end up inevitably on every surface you come like within a five foot radius of that day because like (laughs) it is just like it doesn't dry with just air it dries on absorption especially rubber-based ink so like (laughs) you touch your door handle it's game over your day is ruined (laughs) like you will be cleaning up navy ink for a month um so if you like your and a little goes a far way yeah it does and like if if you have like if you set your ink down on the place where your paper your clean printable paper is gonna go you're gonna regret that most likely so highly recommend not doing that um yeah 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 yeah. so i would say (laughs) the common mistake is just having a messy works work not having an organized work area or like a messy work area because you know ink and the things you use to clean your press and then clean, beautiful cotton paper do not go well together. Um, yeah. It's just it's just dangerous. And uh, Do as I say, not as I do in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very, like, the way that my brain operates is um, complete chaos. And I know that if I worked for any other print shop other than my own, I'd probably be fired. <laughs> yeah. Really terrible. But um, when it comes to, like, actually running the job which is the dangerous part right because you've got your press going full speed you've got your precious precious prints around you there's a lot of things you don't want to damage your body and your goods (laughs) like (laughs) yep so when that time comes I clean up but like in between then I've got a lot of stuff going on (laughs) I don't know my press sometimes looks like uh, a tornado has blown through (laughs) Yeah, I think that's also part of like the creative process, right? Like you're getting so many pieces of the puzzle put together and like you need a lot of supplies and tools like to get this one thing done. And that applies not just to letterpress, but like any project we're doing, like our offices, our desks generally have chaos across yeah. the this whole surface. Like I will go through the week and by the end of the week, you won't be able to see the surface of my desk and then I'll clean it up on Sunday. It'll be spotless, perfect, clean, beautiful. By next Friday, same thing. Like every project we do requires so many different, you know, supplies and tools and things. And then there are three stamps left over from those invitation suites. And there's, you know, 14 of these extra envelopes. And then what do you do with all those little bits and pieces? And then you have a box full of little bits and pieces. And then that box has to go somewhere. It's just our creative work just requires a lot of little things. And that's just part of it. But on press specifically, keeping a clean, organized station will help you tremendously. It's worth the effort. Um, and, It'll keep you, know, you safe. During, yeah, during your project, like, totally fine. Make a mess. That's part of the process. Get ink on your shirt is one of the people in the groups. They say that a lot. Um, <laughs> and I love that because it's like, you know, it's that's part of it. But when you start off with a clean palette, uh, it does it does help. That's for sure. I don't think I own a shirt that doesn't have ink on it. 
and like yeah. so some of it like some of them are white shirts or light pink shirts and any normal sane person would be like why are you wearing this while you're printing <laughs> i just i put my clothes on at the beginning of the day and then when the press calls me the press calls me and sometimes i put my denim overalls on and sometimes i don't yeah i i'm pretty good about like not wearing my quote unquote okay so i was in restaurants for a long time so you don't wear like quote unquote street clothes right like mm-hmm. i had a pair of jeans that had like I got olive oil on them so they had a stain like those were my jeans that I wore to the restaurant for years like until they fell apart right and like you have certain shoes that like if something falls on it you're not going to be sad like and you know obviously comfort is key but like (laughs) I definitely have like a selection of clothing that I wear to print um and then everything that's not in that collection of clothing has to be black or else I don't wear it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you're safe anyway yeah, exactly. So if something happens, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> no one will ever see it. Okay, so we have one last category of common mistakes. And again, this list is not extensive. And we will probably do another episode. We would love for you guys to like write in some of your yours, yeah. your common mistakes and we'll put a list together. Um, but this last group is during the actual inking and printing process, like the common mistakes that you see. Um, And the first one is one that has driven me nuts nearly almost the entire time I had Gordy until Zach like messed around with the, uh, the actual bolts that can like raise and lower. Yeah. Yeah. It's uneven impression due to packing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very real problem um, for platen presses specifically, which is what we have. And um, Jillian talked about this briefly, but I know that you like basically I think what you do is like you cut out like the areas that are are printing well and mm-hmm. you basically create like a little topographic map of like the areas that need more packing, right? Sure do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you can adjust the platens on these presses and it's uh, a lot of like a lot of experienced printers will tell you not to do it, um, yeah. especially if you're new. They'll tell you don't touch it. You can adjust packing in your press every time you print and it's not that difficult. It just takes some finagling and you get the hang of it and depending on your press, it's easy or, or complicated, but you can do it and adjust it for every job. Adjusting your platen is a lot more, I won't say permanent because you can always adjust it again, but it's a lot more dangerous because if you do it wrong, (laughs) you're going to regret it a lot more than if you actually put too much packing in this one time. Um, So that is an option. But for some presses, like the platen has worn down or if you have like a boxcar base and use photopolymer plates, maybe that's worn down. If you're printing with type, that's definitely going to wear down over time. So like that could also be a factor. So um, uneven impression can be due to packing, but it can also be that your plate or your form or your text or whatever has worn down. You know, that can also be a thing. Yeah. One of the things that I have experienced is I will start a job and have like really good distribution of the pressure of the ink and then um, something slips like while I'm printing and I'll do Mariah and I have mentioned this a few times we'll do like checks regularly you should always do checks don't set up your press and just let it run to the end of the job 
you'll probably be displeased with what you find at the end. But so on like my intermittent checks, I'll notice like, oh my gosh, this like whole half is like now not printing. And this other half is like crazy. And it's because something in the packing like wasn't taped down and it slipped. So um, not only now do I really take the time to perfect my packing and my little topographical map (laughs) for each plate, but I also will then go and make sure every single piece is like taped down um, and secure. So nothing moves. Yeah. Also like, so I, on that subject, like I've definitely printed where like a piece of tape was halfway under something or like just on the edge of the text that I was printing or whatever. And you'll see that line. So it's important to like print a couple and look very closely at the whole thing, not just what you adjusted. Because like if you put extra packing in one area and that piece of paper has a straight edge and it meets up with another part of your form, like that can be problematic. So just double check it. That's kind of the whole gist of the story. But um, yeah, and check the back too, because I, especially with greeting cards, since it's a lighter pound paper. You don't notice it as much um, on 220, I feel like. But if I don't put a few like totally solid blank sheets of paper on top of my very intricate packing, you will actually see like every small detail. You'll see the tiny piece of tape I added to like bump up that T or whatever. You know what I mean? Like and we're talking like small enough packing material that like it's like uh, newspaper thin. Um, yes. Like that's how that's how minimal it can be that will make an, a difference. Um, I also like think that your packing de- determines a lot of this like because we're talking like as you mentioned when you're going through printing like maybe your first prints are perfect but later on you have issues. Like that can be also from using softer packing material like newspaper and things like that versus using like chipboard something that's harder and more compact. Um you know, so if you're printing like a huge job, by the end of it, your soft packing material will be compressed in those areas that you're printing. So that's something to consider too, especially in larger quantities. Um, yeah, probably wouldn't absolutely. be such an issue for smaller quantities or for, you know, not as deep of an impression. But if you're trying to get like a super big punchy letterpress on, you know, a whole bunch of newspaper material underneath it, then that's going to definitely uh, compress down over time. Yeah. Uline constantly sends me their magazines. I'm not going to order from Uline, <laughs> but I will cut up their magazine. Yeah, their catalog is like five pounds worth of packing material. Yeah. So Sorry, their catalog. <laughs> I devil, it is not a magazine. It's a catalog. Sorry yeah. about that. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I cut that up and, you know, I use it for the finessing part, right? Like I'm not shoving yeah. like 20 sheets. Although one time I did try that because I wanted to see what it would look like. Um. <laughs> I'm not shoving 20, 20 sheets of catalog paper as my packing, but I'm using like a layer of it to build up. Anyway, yeah. off topic, but uneven impression due to packing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that covers a lot of the the little things to look out for, but uh, you know, just checking everything throughout the process, right? When you're making your plates and when you're ordering them, whether everything is outlined, all of the fonts and and lines have an, enough weight to them to make sure it gets onto the plate. Um, making sure that your artwork is going to be the right size when you get it and when you start printing it is important. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Making sure that your paper is either cut to the final size and the correct final size, or if your design requires it, it's cut with a little extra space so that you can do the bleed or whatever design, you know, 
qualifications you need to have that extra space. And uh, then you're cutting it again later. Um, yeah. And I think this uh, second to last one here is probably the one I see the most on like forums and Facebook groups and people who are like, SOS, I really need help. And that is having some sort of uneven inking area or not an inking area. So the common mistake with that to me is usually leaving your rollers sitting on top of your disc or sitting on top of something that is going to bruise them. That is going to give you an uneven inking for sure because it's just going to damage your rollers. Yeah, rollers are are somewhat soft. And so if you leave them on a flat surface or leave them sitting on something that like your previous print job form or text or whatever, you know, it'll, it'll leave an indentation or a mark in those rollers. And then every time those rollers roll past whatever you're printing, they're not going to be able to ink it because they won't be the right height. Um, you need them to be perfectly round. That's kind of the, the key <laughs> ingredient. And so anything you do to cause that to not be the case, uh, you're going to need new rollers. Um, yeah. So I also have found like, and I've talked to you about about this a few times where like either like the last letter or like a certain thing, like, uh, you know, on your plate, like say you have a pattern or whatever, and one piece of that pattern isn't catching ink and printing, like it's making an impression on the paper, but it's not catching ink. That's always been a really tricky one for me. And I, I haven't quite figured out, I think it's a plate making issue. Like, I think it's just not quite the right height. Um, you know, like, be. it, because it can be so like, it, it can be such a microscopic amount of height that it will affect this. And it's just so interesting how sometimes you just have this little spot that isn't printing right. Um, and if it was an impression issue, like if that was a place where, you know, it wasn't making as deep an impression as the rest of the pattern, you know, you could just fix that on the press. But if it's actually a plate issue, or a roller issue, you can't just finagle that it's gonna have to be resolved. Um yeah. yeah. I will say also like in that in that consideration, if you're getting an uneven inking, uh, you're having an uneven inking issue, your roller height could definitely be a part of the problem as well um, because the presses are old and the rails that hold the rollers do wear down over time. The trucks that are on the end of the rollers that go over those rails definitely wear down, especially if you have newer like plastic ones. Um, a lot of them are either 3D printed or made in the mold. Um, those wear down, you know, pretty quickly, I think. So, you know, there's a lot of things to check, but roller height, um, your actual plate, your actual rollers, and then hopefully your packing is like the easiest, hopeful. That's like best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting like an uneven impression or something, that's great. But for uneven inking, it's uh, it's usually needs some fine tuning or a solution of some kind. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Our very last common mistake, which I hope is not common to yeah. anyone. But it I don't can, know if it's common. I hope not. It can be common. Um, if you're it's just definitely a common concern. Care, it's a common concern. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's a common concern. Please do everything in your power to not make it a common mistake in your own printing experience. But that is getting injured. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's more likely on platen presses, they're probably the most dangerous of the presses, um, just the way that they operate. Um, keep an eye on your fingers. Don't worry about that piece of paper. You can replace a piece of paper. Um, it's not worth risking your hands. And uh, yeah, also yeah. like, I think something that we don't think about too much is that like, 
a lot of the stuff we use is heavy. Like I knocked a chase over because I was stupid and I set it on the ground and it landed on my foot. And like, you forget how heavy some of these things are. Um, I also have a box of lead uh, borders sitting here that I was looking at the other day. That little box, it's like maybe the size of a sheet of paper. So it's like eight by 10 ish. That box probably weighs like 25 pounds because it's all lead. (laughs) I am so glad you brought that up because I can't agree more. I'm like, we think of the obvious things when it comes to injury, like smashing a finger or whatever. But like every time I'm taking um, my chase out of the press, I'm like, sometimes I'm holding it with like one hand or two fingers and it's a heavy (laughs) thing. We're so casual about it. And I'm like, why am I being so casual about this? If I drop this on my foot, my toe would be gone. Yeah. Like just not even there. Yeah. I think with like, so for platen presses, you're supposed to have the chase locked up tight enough that you can carry it to the press, right? So you carry it to the press and like you, like I, I'm just (laughs) like you, sometimes you're very casual and you have like one hand and you like fling it in there. But if you're like, if our, if our boxcar base were to fall out of the chase, like if it wasn't locked up tight enough, that alone would hurt us. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yes. We're yes. so just like nonchalant about these like 20 pound pieces of metal that we just lug around places. Um, Other ways I have almost got injured. Um, ink knives. So, ink knives. Opening. Okay. Opening a can. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. the ink cans are so freaking hard to open. And I yeah. use an ink knife as a way to like whatever shim Pry off the open. lid. Yeah. Pry it open. And there have been several times where I've almost like come full swing and like hit myself in the face with an ink like guys just towards your buddy not your body all right (laughs) towards your buddy not your body that's the rule when you're cutting something or you know shoving a knife to a lid you know make sure you're doing it away from yourself (laughs) you know what drives me nuts though i think that's a boy scout thing (laughs) it is a boy scout thing there are just some inks that the viscosity of them they're so much more fluid and so i know in my head I have to keep this thing level. Like I have to find a way to pry this can open without tilting it it at all. Because otherwise I'm just going to have a mess. If you've opened a can of ink where the ink is like up on the lid and all gooey and all that, you know what kind of mess you're in for. Like, yeah. And it goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. The littlest ink goes the longest way. I've, I'm still wiping up purple ink from uh, when I split my cans and I like oh, put yeah. it in. I still yeah. find purple ink everywhere. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, I have like, for me, it's navy blue. I don't know what it is about the reflex blue that just like sticks to my body. Like I just cannot get rid of it. And black <laughs> is bad enough too. But like the blue for some reason, there's something about like reflex blue that just like does not go away. Yeah. <laughs> See, my black, it feels very dense and it like does not spread easily, but you're absolutely right. Like reflex blue and then any of the like purples or like rhodamine red, any of that, um, (laughs) which if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can order your letterpress ink in like the main like kind of Pantone colors. Pantone colors. The base colors. Um, The base colors. Combinations. Yeah. 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 Like there are certain colors that you just know, like I need double gloves. (laughs) (laughs) And also like Jillian and I both like to have our nails done and like you go to a nail salon and you're just like embarrassed. You're like, I printed this week. Yeah. Please don't judge me. (laughs) They don't, they don't understand that. But like, I'm a printer. My nails aren't dirty, I swear. 
And I know we're not the only uh, printers out there with nice, beautiful nails. And that can also sometimes pose a challenge. So we will do a whole safety episode, I'm sure. But um, (laughs) common mistake might be getting long ass nails. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least like planning your manicures around your printing days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I now use... uh, a palette knife to like get my plates off my base i use it to open my cans like my nails are just useless at this point that's so funny um as far yeah, as that's, tools that's part of the reason i don't that's why i do my nails the way i do them and yeah um, because i don't want to ruin a gel manicure or an acrylic manicure and having long nails is difficult i break them all the time anyway so um be true be true yeah Cool. Well, this was fun. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've been through it. You know, we've been through the ringers. We make mistakes every day. And that's just part of it, you know, but that's part of the experience and part of what makes it fun. And it's honestly the best way to learn. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was such a good list of some common mistakes just to get your brain thinking. We appreciate everyone who has tuned in and binged our first three episodes. It's so exciting to have you all Seriously. listening. Yeah, we've we're thrilled. We've been so lucky and so grateful to have everyone's support and uh for people who are sharing the podcast and reviewing it and following along, we just can't thank you enough. So Yay. Thank Yay. you guys. All right. Well hopefully hopefully this helps you from making some of our same mistakes and uh hopefully saves you a little struggle and strife down the road. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe the print gods be with you. (laughs) May the print gods be with you. (laughs) So thank you so much uh, for tuning in to this episode. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of Hot Off the Press on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're enjoying this episode. And feel free to join the conversation over on Instagram at Hot Off the Press Pod. Mariah has been putting together some amazing graphics that will go along with each of these episodes. So we'll be including some photos of things that we talked about. Um, I think we should maybe find some photos of like our errors (laughs) or common mistakes. Yeah, you know what we can do? We can just straight up look through our text messages. (laughs) 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 We can definitely just scroll through our text conversations to find all of the mistakes. All right. We love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Is there a god of printing? Because if there is, we should we should probably pray. Yeah. <laughs>